Blog Talk Radio. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. Tonight we have an amazing horror filmmaker coming on named Adam Dunning, and I'm going to bring him on in a moment. We're going to be talking about uh, his independent film tonight, The Infected, as well as promoting his upcoming premiere film that he's going to be shooting in uh, 2012 titled Laughter, and it's some amazing work that we're looking at here. So I'm a huge fan of horror, so I'm really excited to be uh, bringing him on tonight. So before I bring him on, I just want to tell everyone about the concept of my show. If you are new tonight and tuning in, please um, create a Blog Talk Radio account. You can join us in the chat room at blogtalkradio.com and create an account, and you can ask us questions in the chat room. The number to call in is 805-243-1320 if anyone would like to call in tonight and ask Adam questions. And I also have all that information in the chat room available for you as well as some information on Adam and uh, where you can locate his uh, website and check out his work. So in brief, I'll try not to be too lengthy, as sometimes I can be wordy. Um, The concept of my show, I launched it, gosh, about five to six months ago now. And um, as a clinical psychologist, Uh, I've always enjoyed interviewing people, and I have a background in the entertainment industry. Um, Specifically started out as a singer-songwriter. I have an album out right now, a full length, uh, on iTunes under Carrie Edelman, titled Leave Well Behind. And um, I really was thinking about launching the show because I know how difficult it can be for people getting out there um, in terms of, you know, the blunt work you have to do and trying to get your name out there and finding people to support you. So the show was really meant to bring people on to help them promote their products and what they're doing and to help spread their names to the masses. So my show is very open-ended. I interview everyone from filmmakers to musicians, lots of comedians, um, authors, so anyone who's doing something creative and is trying to uh, get their name out there and get their product out there. So I'm going to show you're going to get a really good uh, experience about what these people's lives are like and what it's like to be in their profession. And a couple of concepts to keep in mind, I, I do, you know, indicate that I'm a clinical psychologist, but the show is not meant to be providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. And, you know, we can joke around, and I'll be more than happy to um, talk about psychological terms and concepts, but they'll be talked about in a much more broad sense and generic sense versus applying them to specific persons. And also, I do want my guests to feel free to talk about whatever they'd like, but I do request that any uh, stories that you tell them that might be humiliating or embarrassing, uh, that you keep any specific identifying names of persons or organizations out because I don't want to be embarrassing people, even though I love to hear uh, embarrassing stories and interesting things that people have encountered throughout their journey in the entertainment industry. So again, feel free to discuss whatever you'd like. Just uh, keep everything anonymous. So I wanted to start out tonight doing something a little different. I usually do a lot of plugs at the end of my show, and I'll I'll still do them at the end, but I felt, especially when people are tuning in, I wanted to give some plugs to people out there who have been really big supporters of the show as well as people that I've been supporting. Um, one person that I would like to support tonight, uh, she is up for the 95.9 Rat Rock Girl Search. It's a radio station that is in New Jersey, and they're doing their new search for the Rat Rock Girl of 2012. Her name is Kristen B. So please, if you can, check her out at ratrock.com, and that's spelled W-R-A-T.com. So it's free to uh, 
vote for her, you just have to join the site and you can give one vote a day per email. And I think they're doing the announcements this Thursday or Friday, but if you go on the site, they'll give you the information. So she's one of the four finalists out of thousands of people. Her name is Kristen Dewey, and uh, check her out. Also, I definitely want to give comedy writer Jim Shaughnessy a plug here. Um, he has written an amazing animated comedy series called Effin' With Tonight that is available at crackle.com, so please check out his comedy series. And also, he was interviewed uh, not too long ago on my show, so definitely check out the podcast for his interview. A couple of brief plugs for upcoming shows. Tomorrow night we have November 9th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Comedian Angry Bob is coming on, and he is an amazing comedian. He makes regular appearances on HBO's hit show, Bored to Death. He's also a comedian that focuses on a lot of political satire and makes humorous observations on some of the biggest news events out there today. So you can catch him often on Countdown with Keith Oberman on MSNBC and CNN with anchor Rick Sanchez, where he's constantly on these shows performing his political satire, and he's really funny. So if you're around, check him out tomorrow night. Um, Two more, two more upcoming shows, and then we're going to get into uh, Adam's history and some of his background. November 16th, another amazing um, product out there right now. It's called My Damn Channel. It is uh, produced by the CEO, Rob Burnett, and it is a channel that is an original web series that, again, is putting out comedians, musicians, and filmmakers, and they've just linked up. They have a major um, contract going on right now with YouTube where they will actually be launching an original channel with them. So he's going to be coming on November 16th, and it's going to be a great interview. That will also be 8 o'clock p.m. And I have to promote the Howard Stern fans out there. I'm a big fan of Howard Stern. I've had tons of them on my show. And we are going to do a special holiday uh, extravaganza on December 14th for all the Howard Stern fans. And this is going to feature the creator of SternSuperFans.com, who is Joseph Muski. Amazing website this guy has. It gets tens of thousands of hits. So definitely check out SternSuperFans.com. Uh, songwriter parody Little Mikey is going to be coming on the show and playing some of his, uh, yes, very uh, out of sorts uh, songs that he has about Robin Quivers from the show. And I'm sure we're going to have many other people joining us that night. That's December 14th. And finally, definitely want to plug Flirt Energy Drink. It's a sports drink created for the female athlete. And one of my singles off of my album, Vanilla Skies, is currently used to support and promote the product. And finally, two magazines I write for, Talent Spotlight Magazine and Really Great Magazine. Um, I write articles for them on psychology and the entertainment industry. And Adam, I know you're waiting on hold, so we could talk off the air, but definitely check out Talent Spotlight Magazine. You can mention my name. She's looking to, um, she's awesome. She's based out of Spain, actually, uh, Jessica Gilbert. She's the owner of the magazine, and she is looking to feature various people in entertainment. She mostly focuses on musicians, but lately she has been doing uh, write-ups on comedians, and I'm sure she'd be more than interested in looking at filmmakers, too. Okay, everyone, so let's tell you about Adam Dunning, and then we're going to bring him on the air. So I met Adam Dunning not too long ago on Facebook, and it was actually uh, through, in in some weird way, Jim Shaughnessy, because I saw that uh, Adam had posted something on his site, or Jim posted something on Adam's site about my show, and that's how we kind of hooked up and started talking. And some information about him is that um, 
He graduated from Lackawanna College, I hope I pronounced that correctly, in 2010 with a degree in communications technology. And some background information, he'll talk about this tonight, is he's always been someone who has had a knack and compassion for the arts. He's a person who would be drawing, picking up a camera, making a video, and someone you'd always find behind the scenes. So while he was at college, he really was getting interested in uh, a career in filmmaking. And he's going to talk tonight about couple of the films that he has done. He did one called Split, which was based on the character of a split personality, which I find fascinating being a psychologist. And then he launched into writing a script, which led to his first feature film called The Infected, which I actually checked out this weekend, and I very much enjoyed it. Um, and that was circulated through film festivals and also received some really good reviews. And uh, currently, he is uh, also involved in doing his own makeup effects, which he had taught himself. And we're going to talk tonight about his next premiere, which is going to be called Laughter. Um, this is a really cool film. I'm really excited to talk about this. I can't wait to uh, see a preview of this film once he uh, gets this underway. And that's scheduled to be released sometime in for, uh, 2012. So check Adam out at www.wix.com, and that's W-I-X.com. All right, so let's bring him on the air now. Let me go to the switchboard here. I'm trying to go back and forth. All right, Adam, I hope that wasn't too much of a earful. <laughs> no, that was fine. How are you I doing? I was just a little nervous. Good. I was just a little nervous. So when you start hearing talking about yourself, you start getting like that little nervous feeling going on. But What's that? You got a nervous feeling going on? Huh? I'm sorry, you said that you have a nervous feeling going on? Yeah, every time, like, you, right before, like, the interview starts, like, you start getting, like, that nervous feeling, and, like, your stomach right. is going to drop or something. Like, you're, like, you're going on, like, a roller coaster, and just waiting for that first drop. So now that that's right. going on with, like, after waiting and everything just kind of smoothly goes on. Right. Well, no no need to be nervous. Um, I'm not going to be uh, doing anything uh, that's uh, attacking or anything like that. I'm pretty easygoing. So uh, just, you know, get uh, laid back and just enjoy it, and you're going to do a great job. Okay. All right? <laughs> yep. So um, why don't you start out just talking about and letting the audience know um, how your interests started developing in filmmaking and writing and directing? Um, like, the whole writing and directing, I really never got into, like, a whole feeling about that until probably, like, my like 11th grade year in high school, once I actually started getting more, like, doing the film stuff. But, like, so I, I even said, like, in my bio, um, when I was always a kid, I always either grabbed, like, my father's uh, camcorder, and if it was grabbing um, action figures and recreating little movie scenes from different movies, um, also... Uh, doing uh like little uh videos with my friends. So then okay. like I always kinda knew I always wanted to do something like that. But then I was always back and forth with like actually painting and drawing and stuff like that. So like once I actually found out about going to college and stuff, my mom worked at Lackawanna College, so I wasn't really sure about it. So everybody's like, Well, you know, it's kind of a stepping stone when you just, you know, try it and if you like it, well then you can stay in college. If you don't, you know, then you always have different fallbacks of what you know, whatever you want right. to do in the film like industry. So I went there, and uh, the best thing about it in that, like, entire college is the classes were, I think, I think there was 10 of us, so it was, like, such a small little thing. So you always nice. take your hands-on with uh, computers, uh, cameras, stuff like that. So that's when I finally actually knew. And then, like, you got, like instead of just flying in everything, you know, I got to go on just script writing. So I learned more on script writing, which 
I'm not a huge writer, but okay. I can get the point across about everything, but then it's never, like, a strong, like, my strongest point. And then directing, what I always you, like being behind. Go ahead. What, yeah, what would you say your strongest point is when you're, when you're talking uh, about? My, my strongest point would definitely, uh, my mom always tells me my strongest point is, like, kind of like my drawing and my special effects makeup would definitely okay. be my strongest point behind me. Because I've always been creative, like either creating a poster or drawing a picture. Like I've whatever I can visualize in my mind might not come exactly what it was, but it's very, very close. Whereas the same cool. as directing, because cool. you know you can like tell people where to be, what you have to do, and then you know, and if it doesn't work out, all you have to do is either you know just reshoot that scene again and just keep going. So it's kind of like a picture, but if you mess up on paint. You either have to throw away that painting or try to somewhere blend it in together or filmmaking, you know, the same thing except using people unless you go into animation, which then you're, you know, you're sculpting out clay and then you're drawing your characters and going right. you know, piece by piece with that way. So my strongest point, I would definitely have to say probably my special effects makeup. And, I mean, I've never went to school for it. I've always watched YouTube um, mm-hmm. with just grab paint, uh, sculpting putty, uh, latex, stuff like that, and would just, like, perform different things on my hands, on my face. And then uh, once I got into the infected, I, like, my hugest thing is zombies. So I've always, like, kept going at zombies. So, like, now I'm doing a clown movie, so now you're trying to do stuff with that and trying to learn other things that haven't been done. So now you're trying to challenge yourself with the whole makeup side of coming up with new effects on ways to do different things and always try to do, like, the cheapest way to find cool. out how to Very do different cool. effects and everything. So that's like, so that's like a big see, thing. Right. Do you okay. see yourself going in more of a direction with the special effects and the makeup? Or when you say filmmaking, I mean, do you still want to be writing scripts or do you want to kind of take your career in, you know, honing in on more of these special effects and makeup stuff you're talking about? Uh, writing? I mean, if I can write a script, I would definitely. I mean, like I know the script I have now, like everything's pretty much done, but we're having like minor things which is always a thing when, when you're writing a script. It's always, like, the very last thing that's always done. To filming, I always liked. Writing would be probably like my last. Filming would definitely probably be one of my top with my makeup. Okay. But usually okay. I, I kind of like directing, especially if it's something I'm really interested in or it's definitely something I wrote. It's I, I like being behind the camera and filming it only because it's like you know how to portray everything. Like you know how to show right. everything on that screen. Of like everybody asks me like who you know who's gonna play the clown, which people ask me, well, are you gonna play the clown? And it's like you know okay now you're directing, then you're trying to do makeup, then you're acting, right. which is one of the things. And like the infected, it was like there was so much going on, so it was like you know you're constantly somewhere, and then either an angle wasn't right because you weren't behind the camera, or your audio got mixed up. So definitely. I always like being more behind camera than, like, acting, but if I have to act or if I have to do makeup or if I have to write or if you have to do audio, whatever it is, I'm definitely going to be in whatever part possible just to make it work, whether it's on a project I'm doing for myself or if it's a project for a friend or okay. anything like that. Cool. Very cool. So what would you say, Um, I mean, given us all the information you did in terms of it looks like you – really enjoy a lot of aspects of filmmaking, like you said, with the top choices being being behind the camera, shooting it, um, being involved in the special effects and the makeup. What inspires you as a filmmaker? Was there anyone 
in your family, close friends that, you know, kind of sparked your interest in getting involved in this besides growing up and doing some of the stuff you did when um, you were younger? I don't I, It's kind of weird. Like, I mean, when I, like a lot of people always say, um, like, people that portray, or, like, people that actually make them, like, who they are that wanted to do the whole filming and everything, a lot of people tell uh, um, different people from, like, the guy that directed uh, Friday the 13th, uh, John mm-hmm. Carpenter, West Crazy Band, like all of them, which are like the key elements in the horror industry because like they're the ones that like started it. But then there's like before them, you know, if you would probably do an interview with John Carpenter or any of them, you know, they might go farther back in time because nobody really like in my time looks back at like the old black and white movies with like Vincent Price, uh, or right. um, and all of them because I mean Universal, which everybody doesn't think like everybody now is like twisted pictures um trying to think of the other places Lionsgate and all that which are the big ones that are producing like horror films but where Universal was like the start of all the monster movies and Mm -hmm. I mean I I I used to watch them with my father and stuff so definitely he got me like not not that he got me into the horror films I've always watched them like I think when I was three years old, I used to watch Chucky, which my family always tried getting me away from it because of his language <laughs> that he liked to always use. Um, right. What other? But, and just, I mean, I'm just curious. What other movies do you know? While you're talking as a child, do you reflect back on that you remember that really stand out and that impacted you? Uh, horror films or all films? Yeah, horror films. Yeah, since we're you know, um, mainly talking about horror tonight. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Halloween. The, the original one. Uh, yeah, all the original ones, um, Friday the 13th, Nightmare mm-hmm. on Elm Street, um, right. The Thing, which um, is more of a thriller, but pretty much any horror film, if it was on, I would rather watch that. Like, my dad always kills him because um, for Christmas, <laughs> the one year, he ended up buying me the series of Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street. So I, as soon as I opened it, I didn't want to open any of my other presents. I just put them on. And I started watching them, and, he, and he, like, he's trying to explain to me, Adam, you know, this is a Christmas holiday, not, you know, Halloween anymore. <laughs> but it's, just like, it's like such an interest that that's what I always want. But, like, I mean, mm-hmm. I watch, like, action-packed movies and comedy movies and stuff like that. But if a horror film comes out in December, that would be, like, my first pick over anything. Like, I know right. uh, when they came out with Black Christmas for the remake, me and my friend... I think we we're the only ones in the movie theater that went to go see it. I think it was like two of us in the entire theater of like a 500 seat theater. But they would see Black wow. Christmas on Christmas Day. Then everybody's just kind of looking at us. And my dad goes, you know, he's just like giving us words that you can't even say on radio of how disappointing that is that you go see that on a Christmas Day. But <laughs> that, I mean, you know, I've always well, watched I can, horror I can, um, my entire life, so. Right, and I can totally relate to you. I grew up, and maybe that's why I work in a prison. Who knows? But maybe there's no uh, ironic, uh, you know, reason that I'm there today. But same with me. I mean, I grew up watching, like you said, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Nightmare on Elm Street. The more disturbing, the better. I don't know what was it that attracted me to it. I was fascinated by why these people, you know, what ticked them off, why they did the things they did. And even it was funny, this past uh, weekend, um, The Devil's Rejects was on. And I'm like, oh, i got to watch this. i got to, you know, it's like halfway through, but I still just sat there and just, you know, was fascinated. So I can totally appreciate where you're coming from. And, you know, sometimes people, for whatever reason, they just they just don't get it. You know, some people are scared yeah. of the stuff. They find it disturbing. 
Yeah, I mean, but, like, um, like today, I mean, when I do watch, like, when I watch, like, the horror movies, like, the remakes compared to today, I mean, yeah, you do sit in back and laugh. Like, uh, every time I always say the texture in some asker, it's always the first time when Leatherface opens up the door with the meat cleaver in his hand, and the camera just zooms in and out on his face. I, I, I don't know why, but, like, when I was a kid, I was always, like, freaked out by it. But now I just right. kind of laugh at it because it kind of reminds me of, like, the old Batman TV series. Like, if you just took, right. like, a power and bang in there or something, like, he's going to hit them on the head. It's just, like, it, it, I kind of laugh. I mean, compared to what they can do today, it's like, wow, you know. And I do like remakes, but I don't like remakes because. I agree with like, you. I yeah, don't, I, I don't like think you're, I like, you're, like, you're messing with the sequel too much. Mm-hmm. Where, like, a lot of people, um, like, with Rob Zombie, when he did the original, where um, the first remake of Halloween, I loved it. Okay. Now, the second one, I loved it to a point, but then I didn't like it because it went completely off topic of the second mm-hmm. one. But in interviews that he does, you know, he straight out says, look, it's not going to be like the second one. This is my movie. This is what I want to do with it. I don't want it to be, you know, anything. You know, it's going to be like The Devil's uh, Rejects. It's going to be like House of a Thousand Corpses. It's going to be my own version of what I want Michael Myers to be like. And right. Right. The only people that really did agree with it were his fans from the music and stuff. But, I mean, the first time I saw it, I mean, I went to the Midnight Show and they would see it, and, yeah, okay, it was great. But then I kind of started watching it, and it's like, okay, now I can understand. You have to look more into the way his movies are, his mind is working, compared to what my mind would have been if I filmed and directed that. And that's right. what a lot of people right. don't look at. Especially independent the filmmakers, think- they completely blow us out of the water. I agree with, you know, it's weird. It's an interesting comment you made. And I didn't see his uh, remake of Halloween either. And I'll have to definitely check that out at some point. But I do agree that I think a lot of stuff today, so many of the effects are so over the top. And sometimes it's like just kind of leave the movie as it is or was and don't be trying to redo something that was done so great. And I sometimes miss the way that those ones in the past, you know, back in the 70s and 80s were shot. It just has such a different feel to it. And I felt that The Devil's Rejects, for whatever reason, kind of captured that. It just it was very gritty, you know, and, and again, I'm not a filmmaker by any means, but just the way it was shot and stuff um, and produced, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Um, have you seen any of these like other that, independent like ones? Old school. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, I know, uh, I'll just mention one person that is like an independent filmmaker that really inspires okay. me. And I'm not picking him because his name is Adam, too, but... Okay. His name's uh, Adam Green, and he directed uh, Hatchet, Hatchet 2, and then he also did uh, a movie called Frozen, which is more kind of like a thriller. I don't know if you've ever seen Frozen. But, no, uh, I'll have to It's, it's definitely Adam... a movie It definitely gets you uh, into a feel of these characters. The way it like, okay. what it is is they all, all, and they all end up going on a uh, skiing trip. And for the day, they all just, you know, I think they bought one ticket, or they didn't have tickets or something, and the girlfriend pays the list uh, guy um, 20 bucks or something to let all three of them go up on the ski lift. So they all go up there. But what happens is they think that's the last person when he leaves the tower. So they all get stuck on this uh, the ski lift. And it's Friday, so now they have to wait Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because they end up getting stuck up there. And, the, you know, oh, temperatures start dropping down to, like, negative 5 to negative 10. And yeah, I, every, like, you know, like they're up in the air. So if you jump, 
you're going to end up just breaking your legs. But then when they, the one guy does jump, a pack of wolves come out of the woods. So oh, now, you know, so they have to watch their friend. And I'll, it, it's like it, like when you're sitting there, it's like, wow, you know, this, yeah, you know, it's like it, it's something that can really happen. And then uh, his other two films, like I said, was Hatchet and Hatchet Two, and definitely in an independent field. That they're probably my top three. Um, there are other ones that have been uh, made, which is like Altitude. Um, I don't know if you ever seen that. Okay, no, I haven't. uh, Yeah, there's, like, a bunch of different ones, but, like, there's so many. And, I mean, if you go out to a store, there's there's more independent filmmaking movies out there than there actually are brand-new movies that are coming out for, like, $15 million it's costing them to make. And if they're making back in the box office, uh, $500,000. To where an independent filmmaker is taking $60,000 and making a movie, and he's making maybe... Nothing because his movie and like the producing and uh, production companies look at it. It's not good enough to put in the theaters. Let's just put it on the shelves for ten dollars. And when you watch these movies for ten dollars, they're almost better than like half the movies I get actually put sure. into the movie theaters because it's got a backup or because they've made a movie that was a huge success and then they just make another one just for the heck of it. Right. Right. No, that's definitely a good point that you make. Definitely a good point. Um, what do you think of films like, and I haven't seen this yet, but, God, I would love to interview this person just from a psychological perspective. What do you think of, uh, have you seen The Human Centipede? Um, I've have you heard, heard of about this movie? It. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember I went to uh, a local uh, convenience mart that was up here, and my friend was telling me about it, and when he was describing it to me, I put it on. I I, t- I put it on Netflix, and I started watching it, and it was good to the point he started doing all of his. Uh, yeah, don't stuff. don't give me too much away because yeah. I definitely want to watch it at some point. Oh no no, no. <laughs> I I didn't even watch half of it. I just fell asleep. I don't know if it was just because he really grossed me out the way he told me about it, and I don't I don't know what you're allowed to use on the radio and what you're allowed to say or not say. So I'm not even going to try to even get into detail of it. Right, right, right. It just kind of freaked me out because there are people out there that try to do experiments that should just not be dealt with. Right. And it, like, was just very over the top, like you said, like, to just interview him just on to find out what is really going through this guy's mind. Yeah, I just, I think it's fascinating to think of who would, first of all, how do you come up with that concept? It's just, yeah, to me it's mind blowing and it's just interest, very interesting. And I think, and I, I'm not sure if I read it or if I, it just came across on the internet, but I think they're making a uh, human centipede too. But I'm not no, exactly sure. No, they did. Sure. It's out. Oh, oh it's, it's out. been in okay. theaters. Oh, yeah, then. Okay, mm-hmm. so then there's a second one they made. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. one of the movies I, I only watched maybe, like I said, maybe 20 minutes of it, and I either turned it off or I just fell asleep because of the fact that the way my friend explained it to me and I was just like yeah I don't know if I can right. deal with this like, <laughs> and blood, some people just don't have a stomach stuff, yeah. like, to deal with it I yeah. deal with, but well like my dad even laughs at me and because uh, um, I could sit there and I can make all these movies with all this you know disgusting stuff but now if I like end up cutting my finger like on a paper cut and there's a button like right. if it's bleeding really bad I get really nauseous like I can't look at right. The sight of real blood. So people like laugh at me, like, you know, you're this big horror buff, and, you know, you can't even look at real blood or anything. But 
you can sit here and you can play with all this gooky fake blood. So it, it right. makes no sense because you know, and your mind is telling you, yeah, you know, this is fake, but when it really happens, it's like, okay, this is real. What are you going to do about it? Exactly. So kind of exactly. kind of freaks me out when it's real. So. I can appreciate that, definitely. So why don't we talk, uh, let's start talking about um, your film that you're working on now called Laughter, and uh, where are you guys in the process with that? And please, you know, tell the audience, give them some background information on how you came up with this concept and a little bit about what the film's about. Um, the way that, uh, like, the first way it started was um, I wanted to come up with something different. Like, I know there's clown movies out there, which... It's always the two that always come to my mind is um, it and Kelly Clowns from Outer mm-hmm. Space, which one's more of a funny, one's more of a serious and disturbing. But uh, which I'm sorry, you said. I'm me, sorry, you said Adam. Oh, no. I'm sorry, you said um, it, and then you. What it was the other and one? Uh, Killer, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Okay. I don't know. If, it's it's like it's like a bunch of little clowns that come from space, and they end up turning people into uh, cotton candy sticks which okay. then they end up being known for their intelligence or something. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like a really, really low-budget indie film, but it's like a classic in my eyes. I don't know. It's, it's really funny if you want to just get kind of a laugh out of a movie. Okay. But um, the way the way laughter really started was, because I asked my dad, and I was telling him, I'm like, I really want to make something that people when people would go see it and see that they're going to go on because, you know, they're going to laugh or they're going to be scared. And so my dad was saying, like, um, so we're coming up with different ideas. He's like, well, you know, are you going to do more of a slasher film? Are you going to do more of a thriller? Are you going to do more, um, like, a torture or what? And I'm like, what if I can combine all that into one? Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay, well, what would you want to do? So I'm like, what about clowns? He's like, because clowns people either like them, they're afraid of them, you know, <laughs> they, they come off creepy, like, you know, like, we, like, I dressed up for Halloween, and me and my friends, we wanted to just kind of promote it and just kind of scare people, so we dressed up like the clown. And people were completely afraid of it. Like, nobody would come near me. And they were right. going, so I was like, okay, so at least I know in the movie, you know, people are going to look at it and say, wow, you know, I really, I just can't look at this guy. Or they're going to say, wow, you know, this, this guy's, you know, just dumb. I, I don't even care about this movie, which you're going to get that in all different things. So that's how I came up with that. I was like, all right, I'm going to try a clown movie. You know, let's get away from the zombie genre. So right, I started writing right. the script right after uh, my premiere for The Infected. And uh, when I finished that up, now you, okay, so now you have a script at 120 pages, which is like two hours of film. Okay, so now, wow. now, you have to try to drop that, so now you have to try to drop that down. Or can you make the movie in two hours and keep everybody's attention? So now it's like once you get there, which you know, I'll film everything, but then once I'm in my post-production, I can start cutting everything up and down and everything. So, but um, you know, it's not. But but even when you get back to the storyline, you know, what do you actually you know do that? Okay, let's see, let's see what's been done here. Okay, well this has been done. That is, um, well let's let's make this boy and this mother. You know, they have enough. You know, this little hobby together, and you know the mother names him after a clown, which is his name is Joey. Um, okay. So they do they do all their clown stuff and things like that, and when. You know, if you collect a lot of things, like I know a lot of people collect coins, trains. Um, some people collect uh, Planet of the Apes stuff, Star Wars. But if you if you find out that one rare object, you know what happens if you get a phone call or you know something that it's there. You know, you're gonna go and if you're like that big hobby person, you're gonna pay top dollar for it. Like it doesn't matter to you. So that's right. what the mother does to go get this uh, little doll, 
And when she, on her way out, she ends up coming on her way home. She ends up getting into a car accident. So now when the mother passes away, the son uh, gets bullied by all his uh, classmates because he still tries to keep uh, the whole thing going with the clowns, like, in, like the, you know, spirit of his mother and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then his father pretty much turns to the alcoholic side, and he starts beating the son and yelling at him and abusing him. So the kid really has nowhere to go except for a couple of his friends. So when graduation comes, you know, that's when he turns around and says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to pull this prank off. I want to literally scare the heck out of everybody. So, you know, I make an impression in their minds, you know, this is who I am. This is who I will be mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, you know, knock it off. Just because I like clowns or I like this doesn't mean I'm a freak or anything like that. So he tries to make his point. And at the party, once he does everything, uh, everything ends up going wrong because, they tell the story, and the way they tell the story is he makes this whole costume, you know, background to this guy that escaped from a mental uh, institution, which, you know, pretty much uh, the jocks think that it's real when he jumps out to scare them and beats them to his death. So, so many months down the road, you know, everybody starts getting picked off one by one, but they have to figure mm-hmm. out, you know, you know, is, is this Joey or was it somebody taking revenge for him? Interesting. The story really, yeah. So like, so then it kind of bounces around like to like that's like the thriller side of it because you know, who you know who's the clown? Like who's really going around killing people, and like different things like that. So it was it was kind of like a different like, it's, it's like a hard concept to actually explain to everybody without. No, I think it's a very and then I, like like jumping over your words. Unless I'm just getting like right. that nervous chill because you're like talking too that's much. Okay, and you're, like, and you're no, just kind I of think it's I think it's. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I think it's a very interesting and creative concept, and I, I think that's what you need to do today is, like, keep people on their toes and keep people thinking. And, yeah, clowns, like you said, some people like them and they think of circuses and they're fun. Other people are extremely scared by them. Um, so I think that's a, that's a cool kind of protagonist to pick for your film. And then, right, and then spinning it off to create... Now another kind of mystery is who is the person, you know, behind the mask that's going around doing these things. So, yeah, I, I definitely want to preview it once you're uh, you're ready to do it. And if you need an extra, you can kill me off in it. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to, uh, to, to take a role on doing that. Maybe that's my, uh, what's it called, masochistic side? I don't know. But um, we'll talk off the air. <laughs> so, no, I think but it's Yeah, I know um, everything where, yeah, because we're going to start in uh, – in January 9th, we're going to start holding our casting calls, stuff like that, and get that going. Okay. And then hopefully by, like, March or April, like, we're going to start filming and everything. But uh, when I went to Lackawanna, when I did the Infected, um, all my equipment, like, from the cameras to the mics to boom poles to computers to whatever equipment I completely needed to make a film, I had right there in the school. So, like, I was able to get that advantage from that. Well, now you get out of college and you have all your school loans, and when I put the infected together, I didn't have cash to put up. So gotcha. not thinking right, I ended up taking my credit card, and I maxed my credit card completely out. So oh, now no. I'm paying back on that, and oh, it's wow. like, okay, well, whatever. So uh, this movie, I don't, I think we have a total budget as of right now, uh, like 400 bucks, I think. So everybody's, like, laughing. They're like, wow, you know, how are you really going to do this? And I'm like, I really don't care if, you know, if you can support me, great. If you can't give me any good advice, you know, just keep it to yourself or say it. It's not going to really hurt well, me. I looked at I the, real quick, Adam, I looked at the, um, 
what's it called, the trailer for it, and it looked like it was very well done. That's it. Like that's yeah. I think a lot of people said like they they're like, you know, you know what what kind of cameras you shoot this on and this and that. Well, you know, everything looks you know, completely you know, you know, legit and everything. Yeah. And it's really I turned around. I told them I did it on uh, my Nikon uh, D3100, and they're like, that's an SLR camera. You know, that's something you take photography with. And I was like, yeah, well, that's what we're gonna shoot it with. And then my fiance, she's got a, a Canon T3i. So between the two of those, okay, they shoot high def. They're not a, you know, a, you know, a huge thing that you would sit there and make a full-length right. movie. But, you know, so I went out. We we purchased audio equipment itself because you can use shotgun mics, but they're like the, you know, just more of a plug-in headphone set to get your okay. mic. So your quality's not going to be good. So I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to purchase a good set of uh, audio equipment. So I went to a local place in town. Um, purchased all that stuff, and I was like, okay, well, cool. they're like, you, you know, they're like, you know, do you really think you can do this? I was like, well, put it this way, I shot the infected for a college project just to graduate. You know, it was all family and friends. We held uh, casting right. calls, but I think we had nobody that even came to them. I, it was all literally family and friends. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so on that side, it was bad acting. So what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You know, it's going to be family and friends again. We just won't have any professional actors. And if I complete the film, well, I complete it, and I made my second feature film, which I can add to my belt and put it on a resume, and if people say and I can show it to them, and they can either turn around and say, wow, you know, this is really good. You know, what do you want to do with it? And something happens like that, or when you send it to a film festival, you don't know who's there actually going to watch your film, and they might see mm-hmm. something and turn around and give you a call and say, hey, you know, I watched your film, I really enjoyed it, you know, would you want to sit down and talk about different things about, you know, producing it and sending it out to either a theater or, you know, to uh, different shelves and stores and stuff. So you never know right. really I what think, happen and things like that. I, right, and I think, Adam, I think you got an amazing attitude because just hearing you talk about what you're saying is that, you know, yeah, you can wait around until you get, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in your budget to shoot this film. Or like you said, you can go out there, you can make it happen, and you can present it to people, you can add it to your resume. And I think that's such an important thing that people don't think about today. You know, everyone wants everything to be perfect. You want your music album to be, you know, produced by the best person and mixed by the best person. But it's like you got to start somewhere. So I just think that's an amazing um, quality that you bring to the table. And, yeah, I could see a total difference between, you know, the trailer that you shot for Laughter, you know, versus The Infected. And mm. you totally, I mean, did a 180. I mean, it it, it looks really professional. And The Infected was really good. But you can just see how far you've come just with Laughter. So I can't imagine, you know, what you're going to be like when you do your third and fourth feature. So it's really good. Mm. It's really good stuff. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, um, so why don't even, you like, um, um, tell us? Okay, okay, go ahead. I know. I, I was going to say, like, even like you were just saying that, um, a lot of people really are starting to knock uh, the paranormal activity movies. Now, the first one was good, and the second one, everybody's that. But the first one, I think I think I read they, they made it for, like, $11,000. And, like, opening night, it, it brought in, like, $1.9 million. Wow. So a movie that somebody literally just took you know, in an HD uh, camcorder and walked around and set a camera up in one spot through the entire movie and then walked around and just talked 
and have four actors in it can bring in $1.9 million, then mm-hmm. why can't I turn around and make a movie, even if I'm just using a tiny little SLR camera and do the exact same? So if I put in my mind I could do it, well, things can happen. If I turn around and say, yeah, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, this and that, and, you know, you do hit walls like that, that, you know, turn around mm-hmm. and, you know, pretty much smash right in the face and you have to stop for a second and think, you know, can I push this ball back or am I going to have to turn around and try to find a detour around it? You know, you mm-hmm. have to really just push, you know, put it in your head, just push right to that wall and just keep going no matter what's going to happen because you're always going to start at the bottom, but as, a, as you're at the bottom, you're going to just keep going downhill until you reach that one person that's actually going to turn around and say, hey, you know, I like what you have, you know, you might, you know, you're definitely mm-hmm. bringing something different to the table or you, you know, you're at least not thinking inside the box anymore. You're literally thinking outside of it and finding ways to come up with, you know, a different idea that, okay, yeah, you know, your clown's a serial killer. Well, okay, you know, then you have to put him in the category with the other uh, serial killer movies. But, you know, it's like a total different thing because he's not just, you know, he walks up, stabs you and keeps going like, Whatever right. pain he feels in the, for the clown, he's completely, you know, torturing them to making them feel everything that he felt or whoever is taking revenge for him, you know, and doing all this stuff to them, to, you know, to make them feel like, you know, this is what you did to him, you know, what's going to happen? You know, this is this is, a, this is the way, you know, you made him feel. Now, now, I want you to feel the exact same way he felt. So, right. you know, it was different things like that that I'd have to do, but and you have to do what you have to do to get everything done. Yeah, well, I think, and, you know, like you're talking about when people are shooting films and you shoot it from different perspectives and monetary, depending on what you have. I mean, and it's been years since I saw it, but when the Blair Witch Project came out, I mean, I was just, not only by the way it was shot, I was just fascinated because I was always like, I hope they, you know, find what they're looking for. I hope they, and, you know, it was a disappointment in the end because I was like, I just wanted more than what I got, but it did leave you thinking the whole time. And I think that was the Mm -hmm. whole point of it. And they didn't have a huge budget and... It was definitely an interesting film. Mm, and then once it was over, you went online and Googled to see if it was real or not to find out that it wasn't even real. And you're just like, oh, right. you know, really? Like, then they brought the second one out, and it was a completely different story and just kind of ruined the effect of what the first one was. So it was like, all oh, right, whatever. Sec- there was a second one? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, they, oh. I, I don't know. I, I, it's been so long that I've seen it. It's a little bit better because, I mean, they upped, like, the picture quality and the audio and, you know, it's more advanced than when these kids went out in the middle of nowhere with, you know, small little cameras and different things like that. So, I mean, right. the second one was a little bit better because it wasn't that first-person view the entire time. But Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so, like, like you said, you know, it was like you wanted to see what happened, and then at the end it's like you're, like, that disappointing because everybody just disappears. So I was like, okay, you know, what do you, what's going to happen now? But then nothing happens. So why don't, yeah, no, that's that's definitely, I can I can definitely uh, relate to that. Why don't you, um, before we, you know, start, like, wrapping things up, just uh, tell every, everyone a little bit else about, um, just in terms of advice you have for people that are starting out in the filmmaking industry, what are, you know, what are some of the challenges, you know, pick a couple of challenges you've encountered, and what are some of the things that are just, really positive and encouraging to you and what keeps you kind of driving and moving forward? Uh, trying to think challenges. Definitely challenges right now um, that I'm going through would be one, you know, the equipment and right. budget-wise, uh, 
I mean, they're, they're probably like my two top finding actors, definitely like that. Because when you're starting out, you really don't have a name. Like if I went into, uh, you know, a big production company and I said, hey, my name's Adam Dunning. I'm making this movie. I need you to give me $100,000. They're going to look at me right. and tell me, uh, you know, they're going to call it security and they're going to come take me out again. Yeah, I'm some whack job looking to get all this money. So, right. I mean, you know, a big challenge definitely trying to find out um, uh, actors, stuff like that. Um, your budget-wise, I've tried, I've done fundraisers at my dad's uh, pizza shop. We've done, um uh, trying to think, um, like a spaghetti dinner, which, I mean, brought in some money. I went out and I bought a TV to raffle off, which brought in maybe a few hundred dollars and then uh, different things like that. Um, camera wise, like I said, you know, when I went to Lackawanna, I had all my stuff there to take advantage of. To now, you have, you know, a couple small little photography cameras and little held, held, or handheld cameras. And, you know, so definitely anybody I can tell that wants to get into filmmaking or writing, anything like that, definitely whatever you have to work with, whether it's family, friends, and things like that, just, just do it. Just shoot the film. Don't you know? Don't look at what other people think or whatever people are going to say. To you know, your audio is horrible. Your picture quality is horrible. Um, your writing skills right. are horrible. Because as soon as you let them go underneath your skin and you let them take control of you, and, and you're you're just going to sit there and think to yourself, "What am I doing? You know, I I can't I can't do this. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do." Because on when I was writing laughter, I shut myself down. I think two times because I was like, I'm never going to be able to write the script. I have no, you know, money. I have no equipment. And right. I let myself kept looking at the dollar sign. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, that's like the one thing, like I, when I finished the infected, like I guess, you know, you get everything handed to you, but now it's like, okay, the laughter, let's see here. I have no money, no equipment, no nothing, but I kept seeing dollar signs. Oh, I'm going to do this fundraiser. I'm going to put it on Indiegogo and Kickstarter. Right. And I think with those two websites, I think I ended up raising, I think, 100 bucks or $125 between the two okay. websites. And I was like, nice. okay, you know, we raised 125 but because you didn't reach your uh, goal that you needed set, that money gets sent back to the, uh, the yeah. people that donated. So it's like, okay, well, let's see. Let's try this fundraiser. Okay, well, now that doesn't work. So I kept looking at the dollar signs of, you know, I already completed my first film. I can do whatever I want. But to what I got away from was the passion of actually filming a movie and looking at, you know, if you can complete this with no equipment, no money, then that would have to show to producers or directors or editors, uh, music artists, like anything you possibly can. Because mm-hmm. if somebody came to me and said, hey, you know, you know I want to make a music video or you know, I need help editing a film or I need this. You know, if you have to do that before you can actually make a name and start doing your movies again, well, that's what you have to do. You know, you're not going right. to be able to just walk in, like I said, to a studio and say, hey, give me $100,000. Yeah, I'm, I'm making this movie because they'll just laugh right. in your face. So no matter what goals or challenges or anything, the number one thing that always just literally just take your camera up and shoot it. If you're driving down the highway and – you come up with an idea, write it down. If your friend, girlfriend, um, if you're a girl and you're filming, so your boyfriend's sitting in the seat, 
and you're driving, don't slam on your brakes mm-hmm. and start writing. Just yell the idea to them and say, look, text this on my phone, write it down. Like, I have a little notepad in my uh, dashboard. Yeah, that's a good, that's you know, a good or point, my I think. Department. And, you know, I pull it out or I'm telling my fiancé, look, write this down. Or as soon as I get right. home, I'll write it down. Or at McDonald's, I'll write it on the napkin. Like, wherever I am, you know, if something comes to my mind, you know, you have mm-hmm. to jot it down because as soon as you get home, that's it. You'll, you'll forget about it. And it'll be completely wrong the way you want to film it or write it. And, you know, two months on the road, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, th- this would have been so much better. But so definitely right. no mind things. Um, YouTube, uh, Facebook, if you, you know, if you want to become a filmmaker, um, definitely just Google different people that are in the film. Uh, talk to them, you know, exchange ideas. Don't, you know, if they say, hey, you know, send me a script, make sure it's copyrighted. Don't send your work directly to them. Because you really right. don't know mm-hmm. who's telling the truth yep. and different things like that because, you know, your your idea will get robbed like that and they might turn around and make that movie and if you say, hey, you know, that was my movie, they're going to say it's a copyright it. And if it's not, well, how do you know you didn't steal my idea? Right. So that's okay, like I a think number one thing. Yeah, no, I think that's great points, great points. So, um, you know, we, um, you know, definitely let, let's wrap up by letting people know again uh, where they can find you at and uh, talk about your promotions of your upcoming film and uh, can't wait to see it and stuff. No, I, that, that's like um, I just want to, like, I just wish, like, you know, March can come just so I can film because when filming comes, it goes by smooth. When you're waiting for that day to come or waiting to find your cast or anything like that, it's the most annoying thing possibly you can go through because you're trying right. to not right. And you're but pulling your uh, hair out and right. Things, but so. let's wrap let's uh, let's wrap up by again just letting people know again your yeah. website and where they can check out your uh, trailer for laughter. All right. Okay. Uh, you can find uh, you can find us on Facebook by googling uh, or not googling uh, searching us at uh, laughter, or you can look us up for the infected, which is on Facebook, or you can go to www wick.com slash dunlaka slash laughter, which will bring you right to the site that has right. pretty much everything on the laughter and the infected. Cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Adam, for coming on tonight. Right. And thank you. Definitely glad that I could support you and uh, get your stuff out there for everyone hope, to hear about. I hope I did fine and didn't stutter way too much. No, you did fine. You did fine. You can listen back to the podcast. It'll be available once the show's over. And, yeah, please continue to promote it. The podcast does really well um, so people can listen to it or download it whenever they'd like. All right. right? Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Absolutely. And thank you so much for being on. And definitely keep in touch with me and let me know the progress of uh, your filmmaking. All right. Thank you so much. You have a good one. Okay. You too. Thanks, Adam. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, everyone, again, you just heard Adam Dunning on The Carrie Edelman Show. He's a horror filmmaker. Check out his stuff at www.wix.com. And again, tomorrow night we will be back at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. We are going to have on a very well-renowned comedian named uh, Angry Bob, and you can check him out at angrybob.org. Some information on him, he has been featured in some major stuff, He's a regular on HBO's hit show, Bored to Death. He also appears regularly on Countdown with Keith Olbermann on MSNBC and CNN with anchor Rick Sanchez, where he performs 
uh, primarily political satire, and he makes humorous observations about some of the biggest news events of the day. But again, go to angrybob.org, and you can check out everything he's done. He's got an amazing resume. It's going to be a really good interview tomorrow night. I'm really excited to have him coming on the show. All right, and uh, we'll lead off with one of my songs tonight. If anyone is interested, you can uh, look me up on iTunes under Carrie Edelman with my debut album, Leave It All Behind, and we will play the title track tonight. And again, please join us again tomorrow night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, which will be November 9th. So have a great night, everyone. Thank you for the support. The podcast will also be available uh, within five to ten minutes after the show is over. Thanks again, and we will be back tomorrow night, November 9th, at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time with comedian Angry Bob.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.